Okie doke. So now we're moving on to the second segment of Season 7, Episode 3, with the theme of Evidence and Outcomes with Scripted Sports. This segment explores how the scripted sports scenario was more obvious with uh, Detroit Lions and 49ers football game that would that was just recently ended before I started the podcast. So I didn't really want to watch it only because I didn't want to jinx the uh, the Lions because I really wanted them to go to the Super Bowl. But I just figured, you know, let's see how accurate uh, this scripting is. Because when I first turned on the game, um, when I got to the Fox channel, it was the, the um, what do you call those guys? The Lions had a 17-point lead. Uh, well, not 17-point. Um, yeah, the, well, they were the score was 17, and I think the Niners were at 10. So I was like, oh, shit, could it be possible that the Lions were – or are able to, you know, make it to the Super Bowl is, could it be possible that, well, anything is possible, but could it be that the, um, the, the people who wrote the script for the Super Bowl have realized now that, oh, people are catching on. So let's just go ahead and let the, let whoever team wins on their own without being too scripted and showing who's actually going to get pen- penalized and, you know, who's not going to score and all that stuff. But as time went on, suddenly, magically, the 49ers, they caught up and they beat the Lions. And, you know, yeah, I'm upset about it. But at the same time, it's kind of like, you know, well, then I guess that is true, that that scripted part. So, you know, as much as I, I loved football at one point, you know, I just couldn't, you know, live without it. I played uh, football in high school. I was a, a lineman switching from left to right tackle. Um, you know, I just enjoyed playing the games and all that. But, um, you know, to look at it in a view, w- with the new view that I have as far as things being scripted and rigged, um, I guess rigged is kind of like a harsh word to use because what I've been finding out watching small videos of is is about, you know, uh, other content creators on the internet talking about how there are scripts that these football players they get and they read and it says you know oh you're this is going to be the play and this is how you're going to win or this is how you're going to lose and you know how frustrating that must be to sit there and they just say all right look here's your script Everything you worked hard for, you know, since high school, you wanted to be, you wanted to make it to the NFL, you wanted to be a professional, you wanted to get paid millions of dollars. Well, okay, you're still going to get millions of dollars, but you're going to have to lose if you want to be a part of this group. And, um, you know, what, what a hard pill to swallow. So uh, as the scripts were going, well, not scripts, but as the game was going on between Lions and 49ers, the Lions, they kind of gave them some easy plays for the Niners to take over. That's the way it looks. But when I look at it another way, now that I know that the Detroit Lions have lost the game, the quarterback must have been like, fuck, man, I don't want to throw this interception. I don't want to throw this uh, – I don't want to throw um, – in, not, not interception, not a fumble, but um, 
you know, just to throw the ball away. He goes, you know, damn, I really want to win, man. I know we, I can win. There's a lot riding on my shoulders, you know, family, friends, you know, even little kids, they're all supporting me behind me. And I'm going to have to throw this whole fucking game because that's the script and it's not our turn. You know, I mean, what a, what a fucking mound of pressure that must, must have been on his shoulders. And um, even those receivers, this dude, he could have caught it. There was like a few plays they showed in slow motion where I believe the guy could have caught it, but he just purposely like lost his balance, I think. But when, um, uh, when I was watching the, um, the, 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 the playbacks, uh, the 49ers, one of the, the quarterback, he threw, he, I think he threw an interception or I, I think so. But anyways, the camera kind of zooms in his, on his face. When I look at his eyes, he wasn't like really, he would like, he wasn't really concerned with throwing an interception because now I'm looking at this with like a whole scripted narrative type of point of view and when he threw that ball and the Detroit Lions they they intercepted his face was like ah okay all right okay so they're they're playing their part now you know um excuse me after they start marching back down the 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 field we're going to get it again because that's that's what's in the script so he seemed like really kind of like unfazed by it but just looking at his eyeballs, looking downfield, he was just kind of had this look on his face like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah whatever, you know. We're still going to win, so uh, I'm not really worried. You know, that I was like, holy shit, man. You know, just kind of viewing that game with more of an, uh, a conspiracy mind, you know, knowing that it's scripted, you know, that's where I was like, oh, shit, man. And then, sure enough, here comes the 49ers making a touchdown, interception, taking the ball back. I was like, oh, okay, so that's how they're going to win. So right there, it brought me back to last year when uh, the Philadelphia Eagles were playing against the Kansas City Chiefs. And there was a part of me that, that I did know about scripted and rigged games, but in... Uh, excuse me, in my mind's eye, I was kind of looking at that game more like, well, maybe the the Eagles won't really be trying to, trying to follow that script to lose. Looks like they're actually trying to win, you know. But thinking back now and watching this tonight's game, I just kind of think of it as like the Eagles were trying to win, but the script they were saying, hell no, throw, um, what's his name in there, the Patrick Mahomes, because he was pretty beaten up, you know, I don't think there was any way he could have really came back, not unless that was a clone, you never know, but for the, for the Kansas City Chiefs to come back like they did and win the Super Bowl, uh, you know, I had my suspicions, and pretty much, like I said before, my nephew was saying, uncle, that whole, all those calls that the refs did seem bogus, like it wasn't, it wasn't the uh, it wasn't the actual right play or the call, the right penalties they were giving for these plays. They just kept calling against the Eagles. So thinking about that now and watching tonight's game with the the Lions and uh, 49ers, 
I was like, oh shit, man. So there, there was a, um, a picture of this, uh, somebody took a picture on the, off of their flat screen TV showing that there was going to be these performers for the Super Bowl, and it's going to be the um, 49ers versus Baltimore Ravens. And I was like, holy shit, you know, and this was like two weeks ago that came out. And um, so I shared that, you know, but nobody, I don't really have anybody following me as much as I did before on uh, Facebook. And I tried to share it to some group pages, but, you know, nobody really cared about it, you know. And so I'm like, all right, hey, that's fine. I'll, I'll be Mr. Conspiracy Man over here. You know, if I'm going to question question. Uh, the coronavirus pandemic, then I'm going to question everything else, you know, uh, the, uh, the elections and the Super Bowls and all these big events, you know, and that's where, you know, this whole, this podcast, this uh, segment of, um, of uh, scripted sports comes in. So this kind of also makes me wonder, so just kind of sidetracking, kind of segueing off into basketball, how did Michael Jordan become the greatest? You know, that's where I've always kind of wondered that, especially when I was in my early twenties, uh, when I was in the army, when I was overseas, you know, when I was going through basic training, that was kind of like one of the things that kind of distracted me from all the, all the bullshit I had to go through with, um, trying to work with other people. And so, you know, my mind to distract myself, I would be like, so, you know, how did Michael Jordan become like the guy that Nike invested in to carry their brand. So I don't know how far back this goes, but, um, you know, there's obviously there's, there have been dynasties over the millennia, you know, and as we got into the age of television, um, television and sports, some are right there. Those, elitists behind the curtain people they were looking at that saying hmm how do we take advantage of this new uh invention of television and these sports that we that we are weaned on football baseball basketball you know just the basics for now so um you know and i think about it you know michael jordan i remember as a kid he was just um I think it was North Carolina. I think that's what he was playing for. Uh, but I know his number 23 was carried on into the NBA. And when he got carried into the NBA with the number 23, um, suddenly he was the Nike spokesperson in a way. And then from there, you know, he started winning those uh, championships now, he's being compared, or LeBron James is being compared to Michael Jordan as the greatest basketball player of all time. I really don't care anymore, you know, it's just, uh, but I would still say for me, Michael Jordan was still like top dog, you know, he's still, he's still, you know, the greatest of all times. And I did not know that Michael Air Jordan was not the first one to get that wicked air that he got every time he jumped up to dunk the ball. Uh, Dr. J from the seventies, I forgot what team he played for, but he was the first one to do that. Like jump from the, um, the rebound, um, that, that marking on the, uh, court and, or the free throw line actually from there, 
that dude, he jumped all the way the hell up there and he he glided across and that's how he slam dunked the, the basketball into the goal. And then Michael Jordan did it, but this time he had the endorsement of Nike under him. So then I was like, oh shit. And then I remember uh, Allen Iverson was the next big thing to take over after Michael Jordan. But, you know, after a while I noticed, I was like, huh, what happened to, uh, uh, what was it, Allen Iverson, man? I thought he was like the next thing. And the thing I remember was uh, Kobe Bryant was the new the new dog, you know, the the, the big cat, top dog in town. The, and and um, when he started making plays and all this, you know, so suddenly he was ta- I think he was taking all the endorsements from Allen Iverson. And then after that, after Kobe Bryant died, here comes LeBron James. And all of a sudden, you know, he's winning. um He's winning championships and all this stuff. So when I look back on LeBron James' rise to success, it's almost well. Obviously, they're all they're all similar, but I kind of see a little bit more of a, a Michael Jordan approach to it. It's like, how did you know this dude was going to be like the the greatest? How was he going to make the most points? And during the era of Michael Jordan, that's where you know I got really familiar with a lot of the players back in the day, like Larry Bird and. Dukimbi Matumbo and um, Manute Bowl, man, fucking seven foot seven, son of a bitch. And um, uh, like Clyde Drexler or Clyde the Glide Drexler, Mookie Blaylock. I always like that name, that last name, Blaylock. Um, and um, I didn't really know like Scotty Pippen because he looked like an asshole. Uh, Dennis Rodman, I was like, ah, whatever, man. I really didn't care. Um, but I did, you know, I did know my basketball players, you know, when, especially when they went through the dream team and, uh, Hakeem Halajuwon and, um, uh, Carl, Carl Malone, the postman, um, shit. What was the other dude's name? Uh, Robinson, uh, shit, man. I, I see his face, but I can't think of his first name. Um, Kevin Johnson. Anyways. So basically all the scripted sports, it's, it really started to, I saw a small little video on Facebook about um, this guy was talking about how did, how is this the rise of the scripted sports? Why is it more wider known now, you know? And as it turns out, it's all with that betting, like MGM and um, what was that? FanDuel and all these online gaming, uh, I don't know if you want to call them apps or companies, but they're growing. A lot of people, you know, they love gambling. They love, you know, betting. So a lot of that is what's feeding a lot of this scripted narratives. And I was like, oh, shit. I was like, okay. And then so that's where, you know, I'll be talking about this kind of like the last segment. But about the reptilians, you know, it's kind of funny to think that reptilians are, you know, betting on sports too. You know, it's like, what what are reptilians going to do with money? I thought they wanted to enslave people, humanity, mankind, and all that shit. So... Anyways, uh, we'll, we'll continue that again. But um, so let's go into this segment and we'll jump on to the third segment of the night with uh, Sophia Yazi. And I'll explain who she is and why I'm bringing her in. Alrighty, stand by. 